Hello there, lollygaggers. Got another week on tap here. We are Lollygaggy Sports. I'm Bo Reed along with Samantha Button and Matthew Irby. A little green day. Getting us started this week. Before we get into it, we'll talk some NFL. We got the ALCS, the NLCS. We're going to talk some playoff baseball uh, and a little bit of football. But first, Samantha, how you doing? I am okay. That's all you got for me? I'm sorry. That's all I got. I'm <laughs> nervous, man. I'm nervous. It's baseball playoffs. There's somebody I need to get rid of. Nervous. <laughs> Irby, how about you? I assume you're about the same condition I am at this point. Yeah, doing okay. Doing okay. It's early in the game, but yeah, no, doing fine. Doing fine. You know, it's it's. I I try to. What is it we we've been doing the last few months on here? We choose joy, right? For the past year, we try to choose joy, and much rather be sitting here up two zero instead of down two zero. So yeah, take that positive. But uh, you know, hey, business ain't done. Got to knock out the defending chance. <laughs> Just a friendly reminder to those of you new to lollygagging: uh, we record the show on Wednesday night, so we are recording this as Game Three of the ALCS has commenced. So keep that in mind, and then I'll probably remind you when we talk about the ALCS later in the show. But uh, let's get football going first. Uh, Samantha, let, let's let's start. Um, I start with a couple of surprise losses. Now, going in, both the the 49ers looked absolutely unbeatable. I mean, the way, they had they, they just had the special sauce, right? Like they just looked like a team that wasn't going to get beaten, at least not anytime soon. Philly kind of had some wobbles here and there, but you still you, know, you still figured they were going to take care of the Jets without much issue, but here we are couple of days after and both the 49ers and the Eagles took a loss. Which one was more surprising do you think? Well, I'll start by saying that they will both be fine. I don't think anyone needs to be panicking here. Both of these teams are going to be just fine. Oh, sure. Um, I guess I was probably more surprised by the Philly loss, uh, despite the fact that they have looked a bit more vulnerable than the 49ers for a couple of reasons. One of which is that it's the, Jets. I mean, I know you can make that argument about the Browns as well, but like, there's sort of an important statistic in there that um, you know Kyle Shanahan is something like one in nine against Jim Schwartz defenses <laughs> lifetime. So I, I think that's something to take into consideration there, where it's not really about the 49ers being in trouble. It's not about the Browns being a better team than the 49ers. It's that this particular you know, rock, paper, scissors, right? Like this particular item beats this particular item. So I think it's probably more about that. Um, you know, I, I do think there's a, a piece in here, and then Arby, I want to know what you think about this too, about, okay, well, what do you do without Christian McCaffrey? You know, that's, that's a problem that probably needs to be solved. But the Eagles, um, again, I'm not worried about them, and maybe we need to give a little bit of credit to the Jets um, for being perhaps better than we thought that they would be. Um, I think Philly's looked a little bit sloppy and, you know, you said wobbly, which I think is a good word for it, but they'll be fine. But I, I was more surprised by that because these are both much weaker teams beating a much better team than they are. And this one didn't have a, you know, critical change in personnel immediately before the game, nor did it have a sort of matchup issue like the other game did where you can say, okay, well, there are some extenuating circumstances about this particular matchup that isn't really about who's 
better overall, but about how these two particular teams come together and what happens. Ernie, same question for you. Which one surprised you more? The 49ers loss or the Eagles loss? Well, I, I'm the exact same. I, the, the Eagles loss it surprised me more than the, the Niners loss. But again, same as Samantha, neither team, any panic. I, I'm a big, big fan of uh, good losses. Uh, everybody needs them. Everybody, as long as you're learning from them, stuff like that. And, you know, and, and San Francisco, you know, I'll do that one first. Like, it, Trent Williams said it well after the game. So we did not deserve to win that game the way we played. And, it, and it's true. Like, Cleveland was beating the entire second half. Cleveland's beating you to the line of scrimmage. So, I, 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 there's so many other little things that we can break down, but it really does come down to that, like like stuff like that. And this is a great example of defense. Um, it, it is about defense. It is all about defense. And, and here you go. You got two examples of a Cleveland, a, a Browns team, a Jets team that knows how to play defense, has defensive-minded coaching. And what do they do? They, they get the job done. They, they put themselves, they put the offense in a position to win football games. And Bo did it with quarterbacks that nobody here trusts. <laughs> like, like it's just, this is, this is a great example of football. Defense puts you in a chance, position to win football games and your offense, as long as it doesn't screw it up, can do it, win it. And so I not worried, like I said, like you are saying, not worried. I mean, Philly, Hey, you had to Julio Jones. You're going to be fine. Yeah, totally. That's, that's what the missing piece was. <laughs> Good, good losses all around. I San Francisco, the one that want to learn from. So you're kind of touched on like, what do you do, you know, without Chris McCaffrey? And, and I mean, it sounds like he's likely going to play Monday, but even if he does or doesn't, it's real simple. You give the ball to somebody else. Like, like Kyle Shanahan and the Niners have made a living of that for the last four years of next man up running, and you've got Elijah Mitchell and, and Jordan Mason there who are not bad running backs. Give them chances. Give them touches. Like, this is the problem with McCaffrey in Carolina. He was touching the ball a million times a game. Okay, I mean, but, but legitimately, he's touching it 40 times a game. Mm-hmm. He can't do that. No human can do that. You know, you could do that in high school, sure, but in the NFL, you can't do it. Stop giving him that many touches. Christian McCaffrey is an amazing weapon when you don't limit his touches, but when you do limit his touches, he will get the big bang plays. And so San Francisco, if anything, to learn from there, guys, you've got two other ready, capable running backs. Give them the ball. Yeah, you know, and I'm glad both of you came out and said you know, there's nothing to worry about. Like, I, I actually haven't seen anybody worried about these two. Um, I was just curious which one you thought was the more surprising. I mean, they were both shocking. They were both really surprising losses for me. Um, hey, you know, you, you, sometimes you got to tip your helmet to the other team coming up with a big win. Uh, let's flip it over to a couple of other surprises. Uh, Dolphins and Lions. Now, we, we've talked about both these teams, talked about the Lions last week, uh, but I want to take a different spin here uh, because right now, with those, with those losses by the Eagles and the 49ers, they've got the same record as the Dolphins and the Lions. Now, they're, 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 the Dolphins and Lions are sitting tied for the best record in the NFL and obviously in, within each of their conferences. So, Samantha, let's start with the Dolphins here. How do, how do they stack up with the other contenders in the AFC? Talk about the Chiefs, probably probably at, at the top of that list, the Bills, you know, where they've already got that one loss to the Bills. How do they stack up, you think, after watching them for six weeks? Uh, I mean, I think it's too soon to tell. I mean, you know, they lost to the Bills, which I think is, that's something. Um, that That's certainly something to note. But other than that, I, they have not been challenged in the same way that some other teams have been challenged that have 
come out of it about as well. I mean, you know, I'm going to probably say the same thing about Detroit here. Um, I think they've been challenged a bit more than Miami. And this is not to say that Miami is not as good as they appear. It's more that, like, we can't prove it. So I, I like what this team can do. I'm a little bit worried about what will happen to them defensively when they run into another Buffalo. Somebody else like it. You're going to play Buffalo again. You may see them a third time in the mm-hmm. postseason. And you're going to come up against other teams that can score at will. And that's kind of where I run into an issue with Miami right now. As far as I'm concerned, their offense is set. Um, defensively, mm, I have some worries because you're not going to put 70 points up against Kansas City or Buffalo or any <laughs> of the other leading contenders. So, and obviously you didn't need that 70, but, you know, it's a, I suppose we're being a bit hyperbolic when we use that, but because it was a real score, my, my point is you're not going to be able to boat race everybody, and that's where I, I have a few questions about Miami. I find it hard to believe that anyone could put 70 on anyone except for Denver. I know, I know. I just, we're not going to see that again. Uh, <laughs> no, probably not. good. No, um, Irby, how about you? How do you think the Dolphins stack up? Similar thought here. I mean, it's, yeah, Miami, the offense is set. We know what they're going to do. We know they can put points on the board. It's when they get bottled up a little bit. You know, I, I how do they recover when they've got a hard-nosed team? You know, a, a, a defensive-minded team, and they've seen that already, and that's a good thing. You've seen that. You've been stifled by it. So go back and learn from it, and and, and that's where, you know, Miami, it's fine. Like, I'm, I don't know. I'm not concerned about um, – what Miami is and whether, it, you know, then there's that thing of like, what are you going to do against these really good defenses? And that is something that you're going to work through the season. Cause this is not, it's weird. Cause it's, I, I look at it and it's not, I, I need to preface that it is not the same thing, but this kind of feels like some of these Packers teams where it's like, Oh, they can score, 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 but they can't stop anyone. Miami has shown they can't make the stop when necessary. I, it's not the same, but it's it's worth having like mentioning here of like this is a similar thing where you you've got to be able to play the low scoring game. You've got to be able to make the defensive stops. I trust that Miami team. Like you're in a good position. The great thing for them is that they're in a division that is going to force them to play difficult games. Um, unfortunately for Detroit, and we talked about this last week. Like are you know are they good or the NFC North good? They're definitely NFC North good. I said last week I think they win that division. I'm sticking with it. The record is moving that direction. This is definitely the the winning team in that division. What they can do after that, like we, we, we won't find out because of the vision and, and the record or the teams that laid in front of them. But I like this Lions team, but yeah, it's how, how well they're going to be tested out the season will be a different story. How about you, Samantha? Where are you at with the Lions? Um, I think they look like a more well-balanced team than we were expecting. A little bit concerned about the injury to Montgomery and what that's going to mean going forward. But, um, look, I mean, they've sort of been challenged. But, you know, I think that, again, as Irby pointed out and as we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks, that it's really hard to know who somebody is when they play in a division that is not going to challenge them. And that is pretty much what the NFC North is and has been for quite a long time. And, and we saw it with Green Bay. That's why we saw those outstanding regular season records and then the early point knots in the postseason. We have no idea if that's exactly what's going to happen to Detroit. It may very well be. So I'm paying a lot of attention to the out-of-division games against tougher opponents here because that's how I think we're going to get our answer. You know, week one is like, 
I, I want to give him credit. You know, I am not going to be one of those people that says, oh, well, Kelsey wasn't there, so it doesn't count that they beat the Chiefs in week one. No, it absolutely counts. But I will also be the first person to say week one is kind of a crapshoot, which is not to suggest that, you know, if you play it ten times, Kansas City would win the other nine, John Smoltz. Um, <laughs> but I... Also, I need to see it again. I'm going to use your line, though. I need to see it again. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I know, by the way, that's the worst cliche in sports. Well, you say, you know, play them nine out of ten. You know, or you'll win nine out of ten, you play them ten times. Well, uh, okay. Well, I, that doesn't change yeah. what happened today. <laughs> yeah, I just. I mean, as uh, those of you who know me know that I really, really hate hypotheticals. Like, I, there's just nothing worse than being asked, like, well, if it had gone completely differently than it did, mm-hmm. what would you have done? And you're like, but it didn't. Like, right, right. I, I don't want to go through every possible, because technically you could say that about any series that exists, right? Play mm-hmm. it X number of times. Well, how'd you arrive at the number 10? How'd you get there? How are you guaranteeing? What, what's your logic behind they would win the other nine? Right. Like, it's like an absurd thing to say. Like, it's, there are so many other ways you can express the idea that, like, the other team had a bad series and perhaps should have been more competitive without, like, completely devaluing the victory for the person who won by being like, well, you know, if you played this over and over and over again, you know, by some sort of, like, galaxy brain math, mm-hmm. um, the other team would win nine, like, explain to me how you arrived at that number and that conclusion and how you could possibly know that. Like, no, it makes me insane. Yeah. (laughs) Don't do this. Don't be that guy. Don't be John Smoltz. Don't be John Smoltz for so many reasons, but that would be on the list. Oh boy. (laughs) All right. Irby, anything you want to add here? I great. Amazing picture. Terrible. Terrible uh, analyst. Uh, yeah, don't. I, I, mean, I. It's really just that. Like, yes, don't. Let's not play the what if game. Um, I. I will gladly play that with you, and you will get sick and tired of playing the what if game because I play that all day long. But let's not do the. Like, yes, I love that one of like. What if the other team scored more? Well, then they would have won. Like that's that's that simple. Like that's what that's the beauty of sport. That's the beauty of what we watch here. Is is it's we we sit here and it's like yeah well this and this and we can sit here and tell you. Here's how we think it should play out. <laughs> it ain't gonna play out that way necessarily. Like you have to go and execute. That's the beauty of sport is that you actually have to go out and get the job done, no matter what. And if that's what we love about professional as well is that that tip of the sword is so close that that's what happens when you do not perform and you do not execute. You get weeks in which the Browns upset the Niners, the Jets upset the Eagles, and it is fun to watch it is a little bit shocking but it's also no these are all professional athletes and this is not that crazy when it happens all right so let's have a little fun here because i know i noticed that i'm watching game one of the nlcs which again we're going to get to that here uh in a second but you happen to notice that the that the kelsey brothers were there you know they're hanging out in the suite having fun watching watching some playoff baseball and it occurred to me that this is so baseball you know the nfl samantha they get taylor swift Baseball gets the Kelsey brothers. Not sure what I'm going to make out of that, but I, but I but I feel like that it, that it, that is such a disparity that actually fits the NFL versus baseball. 
I, yeah, it's a bummer, right? Like, look, I, the, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that my concern here is that we as a, a nation are in danger of being badly overexposed to Travis Kelsey. Like, I feel like there's way too much Travis Kelsey in my life. Like, he's just not that interesting. Like, you know, hey, he's dating Taylor Swift. That's cool. Happy for him. Seems like a good guy. Good football player. Like, I don't need to see his reality show. I don't need to see hear his podcast with his brother. Like, I don't really need to see his mother all the time. Like, it's fine. They all have moms. It's okay. Like, I, I just, like, I'm not that entertained by all of this. And, like, there's just too much Travis Kelsey in the world. And now it's infiltrating baseball, which is the only thing I could think about there. Like, oh, of course you're here. Of course you're here. I'm trying to watch a baseball game. And, of course... You're here. And so now you're going to take over the narrative. And you didn't even bring Taylor Swift with you. Like, the least you could have done is brought Taylor Swift along. You could do that for baseball. You could do it for the Swifties. You could do it for me, a Taylor Swift fan. Instead, you just showed up. You and your brother. Like, we haven't seen enough of the two of you. Like, okay. I just, guys, he's just not that interesting of a person. He's really not. (laughs) The most interesting thing about him is Taylor Swift, and she wasn't there. Isn't it also possible, though, that he needs a break <laughs> from Taylor Swift in public? Just throw it out. Why doesn't he need a break from being in front of a camera or a microphone every second of his life? Okay, well, that's that's fair. That's <laughs> give you that. Irby, how about you? What are you what are you thinking here about the Kelsey brothers? Without you know, no Taylor Swift, but we get the Kelsey brothers for baseball's playoffs. Well, I think that right there is all. That's baseball right there. That's Manfred. Like Manfred completely misread this situation. He thought Kelsey was the, the, the piece that, that the NFL everyone was talking about. Like, no, it was Taylor. Like, you give Taylor Swift the invite plus one. You don't give Travis Kelsey the invite plus one because then he brings his brother. And that's not what we want. But, yes, that is. Yeah, yeah, there it is. That's it. You're, to- you're right. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> hey, that's Manfred. Like, no, it wasn't Travis. It was actually Taylor, but whatever. Uh, yes, and then um, – Golly, you guys were saying it there, and it, it hit me like a hammer of how this ends. This does end with uh, Donna Kelsey getting her own reality TV show, and that scares me. But that's I mark it right now. I, I, will, I will take all the credit in the world. That will happen. <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was just – it was. We, we've had so much of this um, watching NFL games because, you know, Taylor Swift's at the game, uh, and – Sure, you know the, the 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 TBS crew finds Kelsey and Kelsey together. <laughs> it was just a striking contrast from from everything that we've been seeing between Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey at NFL games, and now we got the Kelsey brothers and no tra- Taylor Swift at baseball's play. I mean, they realize that baseball's playoffs are more important than an early regular season game in the NFL, right, Samantha? They they understand this. No, of course they don't, and that's the whole problem because it's like this is not like. Travis Kelsey, you know, known Eagle, known Philly fan. No, he's from Cleveland. Like, known Philly fan. Like, showing up to a baseball game on a date with his girlfriend. Like, no, this is the NFL being like, hey, you know how we could market ourselves? Like, let's go over and, like, get our tentacles into the baseball game. Like, you aren't getting enough attention. Like, I'm sorry, but a postseason baseball game is always going to be more important than, you know, week six of the NFL. Like, like, this is always true. Like, playoffs are more important than regular season. I know 
the NFL would like to think that it can just take over everything that it touches, and it's done a pretty good job of doing that, to be fair. It's like one of those molds, mm-hmm. you know, those things that just spread. Once it gets in your house, you can't stop it, and it just keeps spreading and spreading and spreading, and that's the NFL. But, like, I don't know. My entire take on this whole thing was just, like, this giant eye roll. It's not like Kelsey and Taylor thought it'd be fun to go to a baseball game for a date. It's like, no, the NFL marketing machine is sending out its tentacles. Like, get out of my baseball game. That's how I feel about this. Get out of my baseball game. <laughs> just get out of my game. Just just leave. <laughs> don't turn around and come back. All right. Irby, anything you want to add here before we get into those baseball playoffs? No, I'm good. Just, just you know, Fernando Alonso is still down in Austin, Taylor. Just give me the heads up. Fernando's down in Austin this week. <laughs> All right. All right, let's start with that. National League Championship Series that we just kind of talked about for a second. We won't talk about the Kelsey brothers anymore, Samantha. We'll, we'll talk about what's, what's happening on the field um, between the, the Phillies and the Diamondbacks because so far it's obviously been all Phillies, and everyone wants to talk about the crowd, and that's, that's valid. It's fair. That's a very, very loud, raucous crowd. But I think the story so far is the Diamondbacks have suddenly forgotten how to pitch. And it started very early in game one, quite literally the first batter of the game. And it has it has not stopped. They are still making bad pitches here. I yeah, it's I you know, I think you're absolutely right. And I it's like I see how you make the mistake right out of the game. Because you've just gone up against a really lethargic looking Dodgers team. And so I think it's probably a bit shocking to come up against somebody who is like super, super aggressive right out of the gate at the plate. So okay. But, like, you know, we've played 18 innings of this now. Why have you not adjusted? Like, they are really, really struggling to deal with. I mean, you know, you see people tweeting, like, half-jokingly, like, you should probably never pitch to Bryce Harper again. And it's like, I mean, the sentiment of that is not entirely wrong. (laughs) Like, stop. The number of home runs that have already been hit in this series, like, stop giving them pitches they can hit. I mean, it sounds so stupid, like, score more points than the other team, but, like, that's your whole job, like, as a pitcher. Like, it's an oversimplification, but, like, you are giving them way too much to hit. Like, everything is coming on the long ball. Now, the second game was a little bit different. We saw a lot more guys moving runners, but I think that if I'm going up against a team like that, I think I'm like, you know what, I'm going to make you beat me. If I walk you mm-hmm. and I put runners on and I get beat later, I accept that. But you got to make them beat you, right? Stop giving them pitches they can take out of the yard every single time. Why are you pitching that way to Harper? Why are you pitching that way to Schwarber? Why do you ever pitch that way to Cassianos? I mean, heck, Trey Turner, like, that's the problem. We got half the lineup on the list now. Like, strategically speaking, like, I'm not sure what Lavello is doing here with his pitchers, and I, I would like to have some words with the Diamondbacks pitching coach about this as well. But, like, mm-hmm. I, you've had some time to adjust your strategy now. Why haven't we seen it? Yeah, you know, and the way they're going, they're going to break that bell that they keep ringing <laughs> every home where they're going to break that thing. <laughs> I, I keep waiting for one of them to actually hit the bell with their home run. I, what happens if you hit the bell? Like, I mean, is there a sound effect? Like, what, what is the... Like acoustic response to that. I mean, I w- yes, I would- there's an electrical fire and explosions and stuff if you hit that. <laughs> cool, let's do it. I mean, I would, I would think that they would have something lined up in case the bell gets hit. 
Yeah, it's because it, it's far from impossible. So why? Especially when the Phillies are hitting this series. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> These games have looked like batting practice. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like they look like batting practice. Because Irby, <laughs> what, what are you thinking here? What's going on with the, uh, the, the uh, Diamondbacks pitching? Well, we're going to find out here pretty soon because this is the I, – I, you know, I'll use the, the, the boxing reference because we're talking about Philadelphia here. I mean, it is – this is quite literally the, the Phillies came out, and it's one of those matches where you're like, okay, both teams are going to kind of see what each other's going to do. You know, they came out and bam, bam, put you on the mat. And what are you going to do about it? And the response in game two wasn't much better. It was the exact same approach, and it was the exact same approach from Philadelphia. Like it's, <laughs> um, what, what's interesting about watching what they're doing and, and the timing of how this is working out, we see this with all, like, you can look at all four teams. Like right now, you know, you don't need to be pitching to Corbin Carroll. You don't need to be pitching to Jordan Alvarez. You don't need to be pitching to Corey Seager. Guys, like everybody has those players. And the unfortunate thing you're saying, like, you, you're saying, well, you don't need to be pitching to Bryce Harper right now, and you're right. But you also don't need to be pitching to Kyle Schorber and Trey Turner and Nick Castellanos. <laughs> like, there's just so much what they're doing right now. Right. And it's, I, I you got to, you know, a, a, a rookie on the mound here in game three and a bullpen game in game four that you have to, obviously you have to win at least one of them. And that maybe that's just the goal is find a way to get one. And then you got to put it on your aces in game five and six to get the job done. I mean, I mean, that's a different approach. You've got to do something different. It's, it's Philadelphia is not going to change what they're doing. We're, we're seeing the aggression. Okay. And use that aggression against them because right now you're wanting to, and, and I get it. It worked well to get you to the postseason of starting batters off behind in the count it was not working against the Phillies. So you got to change it up and you got to change it up now because this is the, Arizona is a good team. This is a good baseball team. But this is very, very close to being a sweep right now. And you, I, you can write the ship. There's still plenty of time. I mean, down 2 nothing, losing two road games isn't the craziest thing in the world. But, man, you got to turn around. you got to turn around. <laughs> like, 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 like not even in game three. You've got to do it in the first, second inning of game three. It has to happen now. Yeah, you know, I've... Uh... I've only seen one team come back after getting absolutely demolished like that and come back and win a series. That was those 4 Red Sox, and they got demolished in Game 3 by the Yankees, and they came back and won four straight. I don't see this Diamondbacks team doing that, Samantha. Like, like this series for me, it, it's not like the other one we're going to talk about in a second. It's a different 2-0 feel when, you, when you're looking at Phillies and Diamondbacks. The, the, the Diamondbacks just look completely overmatched by the Phillies right now. Yeah, and that's the problem because we, I mean, we always talk about the 04 Red Sox team, which is absolutely the most pronounced example of it that we've seen. But we've seen other teams come back from being down 3 1. So, since then. Um, so, it's not impossible. Um, you know, 3 0 is a, a bit different. You know, the, the numbers shift and sort of from game to game. And I, I believe the odds are actually worse on 3 0 than they were on 3 1. Um, but because that's assuming it was 2 1 and then 3. Um, which sort of betrays a bit of a different narrative path through the series. 
So something to keep in mind. But yeah, we've seen teams come back from being down thirty-one. The Red Sox had sure. down three right. zero. Is that right? Um, but you know the, the sixteen Cubs did it too. But they were down thirty-one, and it took them seven games. So it's not impossible. Absolutely right. not. And and they are, of course, as of this recording, and as of when you guys hear this, only down two zero. So it's okay. Um, but the problem is, is as I think you were kind of hinting at, is that. The Diamondbacks don't look right now like they have any idea how to do that. And I suppose in their defense, if you think back to that 04 Red Sox series, if we want to, like, why not? Let's just roll with that since it is sort of the most glaring example of it. Um, at this point in that series, when this series was at 2 nothing New York, the Red Sox also did not look like they had a prayer. Um, so it's not impossible. No. But at what point? you know, do you stop and consider that, like, okay, we can cite this handful of examples where somebody turned it around. We also have, you know, <laughs> about 100 examples of, of people who didn't, who were in that situation. Yeah. So the odds are not good, and we're going to need to see something different, and the longer you wait to turn it on, the more your odds drop. Yeah. Real quick, just point of clarification. It's not the, it's not the coming back in 2 or 3 It's It's what the, the, the last loss was such an overwhelming loss. Right. 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 Okay. Yeah. That yeah. Well, you're, you're just talking about getting clobbered. Okay. Just getting clobbered. Okay. Right. So. And then the and okay. Then, yeah. Then the Red Sox get the walk off from Poppy in games five or four or five and six or four and five. Right. You get the bloody sock in six. Pedro in seven. Right. Like that was that was a different series. Right. Like I, I just Irby. I, I look at this. I see no life whatsoever in Arizona, and a Phillies team that is just absolutely abusing. Seventy percent of the pitches they see. Well, the good news is, is you have a day off and you're at home, so it's a different time to write this ship. Like it's not, you don't have to play all the games in Philly because yes, they, I Arizona again. This is a very good baseball team, a team that has worked hard to get where they are, and they got there and they deserve there. But the way they played the last couple days. They, they don't look like a team that belongs in the postseason. And, and, and that's with your two best pitchers on the mound. That's, that's what just is so scary about it is that it's your aces, it's your best guys, and you're, I mean, nothing. Absolutely nothing. And, and yeah, I mean, last night it was just, or sorry, I should say, like, I mean, Tuesday night game two, it was just, what is, like, it was over. I mean, they, after, after the couple innings in, and it's three nothing, then four nothing, it's like, it's over. Like, this game's over. They, and they, they knew it too. It was just a matter of if we have to play this out. But Arizona, like you said, well, it showed no fight whatsoever. So, hey, flight, rest, relax. You're back home, and you can get back in this thing because there is a reason this Philadelphia team wasn't a hundred win team or a hundred ten win because they're playing like a hundred ten win team right now. Yeah. But they're not. They are beatable. These guys can cool off. Okay. They, the, the the pitching is hittable. Their, their bullpen is hittable, okay? You can muscle back into this game. Down 2-0 is not the end of the world. Yes, it puts you in a bad spot. You're in the corner, mm. but down 2-0 is not 3-0. So it's, yeah, and the urgency is there, and that's the downside of when you're down 2-0 is you got to earn it now, and you got to win four out of five, but it is possible, absolutely. Yep. Well, <clears throat> you know, one little side note to this, Samantha, I like, we all know what's going on with the Dodgers the last couple of years. How bad do they feel right now? 
Like they they, they they got absolutely swept by a Diamondbacks team that has looked downright lethargic in the league championship series. How does that make the Dodgers feel at this point? I don't know. I wouldn't sure. Feel <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, this is like, you know, go back to 04 again. You can do the same thing with that one as well. Um, yeah, it's True. rough. You know, we, we talk about being the hot team in the playoffs, and it's like, okay, but what happens when you're the hot team and you run into an even hotter team, and then all of a sudden you look like the people you just beat up on? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. It's some combination of Arizona cooling off and the Phillies just being, like, that guy right now. You know, like, think about, like, you know, if you're St. Louis coming into face Boston in the World Series in 04, it didn't really matter what you did before that. Like, the, the doom scale is, is so, so bad on that. Right. So you can reverse it the other way, too, and say, like, okay, like, that's, we all know sports doesn't work this way. You know, you want to play that game of, like, oh, well, if Arizona beat the Dodgers and then Philly beats Arizona, then how incredibly bad are the Dodgers if they're worse than this guy and this guy? And it's like, well, we all know it doesn't really work like that. Um, but I, I think it's sort of, like, yeah, I mean, if you're a Dodger fan, you, there's a little bit of extra bitterness, right? I mean, I know this happened to to my Guardians last year, where like you get put out by a New York team when you're you're fighting like crazy to stay in, and then you watch that team lay down and die against the trash cans, and you're like, you got to be kidding me, right. you know? I mean, there's some you know added animosity there where you feel like we would have at least tried. Like, mm-hmm. I can't believe you're letting these guys get into yeah. the World Series, but like, you know, replace Houston with another team, pretend it was Boston or whatever. It doesn't really matter. Like, the point is, is you're just like, geez, man, like <laughs> you spend all of your energy beating the crap out of me, and then you go and you lay down and, and you just lay an egg um, <laughs> against your next opponent. It's just, oh, it's, so, it's got to be so frustrating. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's like, I, I, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. I, f- I feel like I've been fortunate in this area, but anytime I've had a team that's 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 really good, you know, and 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 all season long from opening, be it football, be it hockey, basketball, base, whatever, really good start to finish, and they have the early exit that you're not expecting. I've at least had pretty good success with a team eliminating my team going on and winning the championship, which makes you feel a little bit better, right? Because you lost to the championship team. I I don't know what it's like, really. Okay, let me say something that's a little mean, but also true. Oh, go ahead. Um, I think that that has more to do with the fact that your team, if we're putting it up against the Guardians, since that was the illusion here, that the Guardians have made a lot more postseason appearances in the Rangers staff. So, yeah. um, so yeah, I was also, you know, I was also referring to those 2007 Cowboys who lost to a Giants team that beat the perfect Patriots. So I, I don't have a football team, so I can't go in on this. But yeah, I mean, well, no, no, the Cowboys have had a rough go. Remember the Jessica Simpson years? That was, that was a rough, that was a rough okay. time. I thought we agreed um, to never bring up Jessica Simpson again. I, I never that. agreed to that. Oh, who did I agree? I, I, I will never. I, no, I will never ever agree to that because I will not stop talking about when that coyote ate her dog. I thought I had an agreement with someone. I guess it wasn't you. <laughs> it wasn't me. I don't promise not to bring up Jessica Simpson. I mean, I don't need to talk about Jessica Simpson's music, but I will speak about her in, in reference to the NFL and to her dog getting carried off by a coyote, which is terribly sad. But. One last thing on the NLCS before we uh, move over to the American League. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this today, uh, but the walk-up ticket prices have been, you know, massive in Philly. 
uh, since, since they started this postseason run. They're, they're massive everywhere, except this is the first time I saw it where the, the number was really low. Diamondbacks ticket prices are cratering. This is how bad games one and two were, Samantha, in Philly, where the fans in, in Phoenix are basically saying, I'm not paying more than $15 to go see this game. That's obviously not good for baseball, but what are your thoughts on this? So to clarify, he means resale tickets. Yes. Excuse um, me. Resale tickets. Yes. Thank so you. just just to clarify that. Um, I, yeah, um, I'm, am I surprised by this? Kind of. I don't know. I'm probably like the wrong person to weigh in on this because to me it's like I don't know if there's a playoff baseball game and it's my team playing or it's near where I am. I'm going to go to it. Right. Like where the series is at doesn't really matter. But I also understand that these games are attended by a lot of people who do not share our like deep and undying love of baseball. Um, so I guess it's all the people who signed up for the ticket lottery during the last round and went like, oh, this is fun. And now it doesn't look as fun anymore. So, yeah, I could see how the secondary market would have um, eh, cooled off. <laughs> in Arizona, I mean, it's weird to me, but like, I mean, I don't know. See, I'm advertising myself as the dummy. Like, don't give me a discount. I pay the full price. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I can see how that would happen when you consider that the audience is not made up of like 100% diehard right, Diamondbacks yeah. fans. <laughs> God, yeah, that's just how bad that Philly, that series, that the first two games were in Philly. I kind of feel bad for yeah. Diamondbacks fans, Irby. I really do. <laughs> Are the ones that don't are race fans. They're like fifteen dollars still, man. This guy come down a little bit more here. If I'm gonna go to the game, like, let me get this down to single digits. Uh, yeah, it's we see this a lot with resale when things like this happen. Especially, I mean, you'll see it happen again if um, if Philly wins Game Three. Game Four will be basically uh, we'll pay you to come type thing. But I, it goes right. I mean, it's it's that's the resale. Like it's waves. It goes ebbs and flows and things like that. But, yeah, it, that is a a low, a shockingly no number for 2023 uh, postseason numbers. But uh, hopefully that means enough people in Arizona will show up and rally their team because the Diamondbacks are fun to watch. I uh, would love to see that series go at least deep enough to give um, Galleon and Kelly another shot at it. Mm -hmm. uh, so, Hey, yeah, let's let, let's hope they whatever it takes. Let's rally them up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, let's flip it over to the American League Championship Series. Samantha, the, the Rangers go in. They they grab the first two in Houston. I I didn't actually know this before the postseason. Before that, before actually before this series, but the Astros had a losing record in their home park this year. Forty and forty three. And 20-plus games over 500 on the road now. You know, Rangers fans know all too well what happens when the Astros are in town in Arlington. They love playing in that ballpark. So the Rangers get the first two. And as we're recording this, the Astros are up in game three. So where, what, what is your sense on, on where this series is? Because as I mentioned with the NLCS, that 2-0 feels differently than this one does. Right, like the the Rangers went in, they 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 took care of business. They only needed to get one. They got two in Houston. Factoring in the way the Astros play on the road, I, I, that second win was really much more important than it normally is in a playoff series, wasn't it? 
Yeah, I'm glad you brought this up. I was going to mention this as sort of a point of contrast when we were talking about the other series, and I decided to hold it for now. So um, you've, you've led me to this nicely. Yeah, it's very strange because I think that, if anything, what you, your first instinct would be to say that Texas's accomplishment was way bigger and more meaningful because they did it on the road. That's your automatic, right. like, no yeah. thought thing but you know as you pointed out that's not quite how this has worked and you know I don't put a lot of stock into like anybody's like home record during a regular season compared to how they play in the playoffs but I do pay attention to the fact that and what it's looked like in the heads heads you have said you know they love coming to Arlington I was like well don't love that don't love that part at all so yeah I mean I think that even though I, I don't know that the Rangers' two wins are, are any less valuable than the Phillies. Um, in fact I think they're more valuable you know I, I agree with you I, I think that as much as we were saying, hey, you got to get the split there, I, getting the two feels more important and perhaps even necessary here. But it's like, I I think it's just because of the way, you know, we just talked about how the Diamondbacks look flat. Like, you know the Astros are never going to do that for you. I mean, it's just like, I've said it before, there's one nice thing I'll say about the Astros, they don't quit. Right. They do not quit. They don't. They're not going to go away. Like that demoralized, beaten, no energy Diamondbacks team, you will never see that out of the Astros. They are going to fight till the last out. So we all knew they weren't getting swept out of here, right? We all knew this. Sure. But the question is, I think, you know, do you come back and, like you said, really important to get those first two. Maybe it's to your benefit that the last two will be played there as well. But like, I think I speak for us all when as much as we say we don't want baseball to end, we want more games. I don't want to see this series go seven. I don't need that kind of stress. I don't want to give the, the trash cans that kind of opportunity. Like, as far as I'm concerned, if the Rangers could come back and, like, rally tonight on Wednesday and get this one and get the next one and get the sweep and get the, the hell out of there, like, that would be ideal to me. I don't need to see more baseball if it involves the trash cans. Irby, same question to you. What's your sense here so far? ALCS. I yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's, we'll sacrifice watching my team. I I don't have to watch a game Friday. We can end this on Thursday. It's okay. It's okay, guys. We'll, we'll, we'll my son's got football practice, so it's okay. We can do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I I'm with you guys too. What's interesting about Houston and how it all set up and what they did because it's game three on the mound was Christian Javier, and, and you can make the argument that he really has been their best starter. Right, yeah. uh, and, and 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 the guy. I mean, that has been the guy to get the job done for them. So, I mean, it, I get what Dusty Baker was doing there. Is if you can, if he can get the split at home and then have his best on the mound going against a Max Scherzer who is just coming back from a month off. Yeah, that has set yourself up great to get two one. You get right back and you and you take the split away. But it didn't happen, and Texas did what they had to do, getting two. And I, uh, you know, we a whole lot left in this series and how this plays out. But it definitely does feel like. Yeah, those those two um, will will mean a whole lot more uh, as this goes forward. Getting those first two because Houston, I, you know, with the point Samantha made about these the the Astros, like they are, this is a team that will get the uh, if you don't KO them, they will come back. And and down two zero is not ideal. Any team would say that this is not ideal, but this is a Houston team. This is an offense. This is a, I mean, they bullpen what you've seen them do. You saw what they were able to do in game two where they slowly came back. Right. They can. Like, this team can win four straight. You have, you give them breathing room, and we have 
unfortunately, they've all been subject to this the last six years. You give them breathing room, they will come back. For all the hate and all the negative and all the cheating and all that stuff, these guys, uh, and this is all assuming that they're clean right now, mm-hmm. these guys don't give up. And Samantha, you said that great. Like they, they will not give up. And if you don't put them away, they will come back on you. So Texas, if it doesn't get done in game three, you got to come out swinging in game four. And, you know, I... Again, back to what we were saying at the beginning, this is the beauty of it and, and postseasons even more of I, you can win the first two, and that's great, but you have to finish it yeah. because nobody remembers the theme that, oh, but we were up 2-0. Oh, but nobody cares if you don't get all four. <laughs> no, that's not true. People remember that team. They just, they just don't remember them the way that team would like for them to be remembered. Oh, you're talking about the Mavericks when the mayor of Dallas of yes. 2-0 in the Miami Heat came exactly out and said, here's about. our championship parade route. Like, are you freaking kidding me? It's yeah. 2-0 and you're announcing the parade route? Yeah. Miami then goes on to win four straight. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Laura Miller. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, I, I think you bring up the, a good point there about how, you know, Javier has been their best playoff starter, um, not just this year. But you know, in, in the postseasons past, he's given up two hits in three postseason starts. Let that sink in for a second. Sixteen and a third coming into this game, two hits. So yeah, he's he's been he's been Andy Pettit on that post on, on the postseason mound. So you know, and Scherzer coming in. Yeah, you you can see this is the game where the Rangers were probably going to have some have some difficulties overcoming it, which you know. Game is still very much within within range, but two one. Okay, sure. No team has won the league championship series when they when they lose the first two at home. There's something to that stat, Smith. That's been bugging me. I don't I don't know if that, if that is a stat that you could really just put a lot of weight on, especially when you factor in how good this Astros team is on the road. Like this is the that stat kind of feels like it doesn't matter here. Yeah, I you know I think that's going to be one of those things where like if the Rangers go on to win this, then it just becomes confirmation bias. It just remains true. But like I think that when you get a uh-huh. team that plays really well on the road, especially when you're talking about you know, you know we've had the LCS for a long time, but like it's not a long time compared to like the history of baseball. So I would throw that out there as well, that, you know, anytime you're you're kind of plucking a number out and saying this has always been true through two games in this thing that's been going on for, you know, what, 30 odd years or whatever it is, 40 years, um, then, you know, it's not really a complete data set um, because so much of it is driven by the matchup and, and how the visiting team comes on the road. So I think your point is correct, I guess, that, I don't know if it applies to this team. I mean, I would be very, very skeptical of a stat like that and applying it to any team unless they were a team that had also played horrendously on the road. And also, I I would, I guess, add to that, that, like, well, if you were the team that lost two on the road to open the series, you were the higher seed in every instance. So what does that mean? I would like to know how many of those teams were like the craptastic like central division winner mm-hmm. that got beat by a wild card that we all knew was a better team. 
Right. That's the other thing mm-hmm. that I think might be going on here. So here we're talking about two much more formidable opponents, so that's a bit tougher too. So I, I guess I'm pretty skeptical of that stat in general, but I think that your point about it not applying to the Astros is very important because I think all we're trying to say here is, like, again, we're coming back to the whole, like, look, these guys, like, we hate these guys. I have nothing nice to say about them. I'm not completely convinced they're not cheating, like, all the time, and they're jerks, and their fans are jerks. But, like, they're not going to quit. So Mm -hmm. any stat that sort of, I I guess, implies, whether it's valid in other instances or not, that, like, somebody's cooked after X number of games, X number of innings, whatever – I don't know that you ever apply that to a team that just fights and fights and fights until they're literally out of bounds. Yeah. Irby, I know you love stats. It's quite literally your Twitter handle, X handle, whatever we're calling that these days. I know you got some thoughts here. What do you think? I, I a hundred percent with Samantha. There's not enough data. It's, it's, it's simply not enough. And another one that you can factor in is, is what doesn't get brought into that is that you don't know what happened in the DS series before. Because it could be a situation in which the home team had a little bit tougher of a DS series and their pitching lineup is offset. Right. And you don't have your aces, and you might have to be going not necessarily a bullpen game in game one, but but, but a, a young pitcher, a, a, a rookie pitcher, somebody you don't need in that situation. Whereas then once you get on the road, you've got your – once you get to game three, you've got your studs going and you get the job done. So just too much of that of – I mean, sure, it's a good number, but talk to me in in fifty years, yeah, um, and see if the number is still holding. So I know it, but also <laughs> all those years, like I mean, we could sit here for hours and break it all down and go, well, yeah, that team, yeah, that one. I mean, there will be plenty of them. We're like, that makes sense. That oh, that one's surprising. That one makes sense. That one makes sense. This is not one of those teams. All the hate in the world that we have for Houston, these guys will. You don't put them away. They're going to keep fighting. Yeah. And then they're going to fight until that 27th. Who knows? Maybe even after. I don't know. But yeah, you got to put them away. And down 2-0, going into a ballpark that they have been successful in mm. the last few years. I know this is. They're not. They're, they're they're not shaking right now. They're not panicking. And and that's just that's good baseball. That's what good baseball teams do. And it's one that it's it's interesting how the two series play out. Because it's we're we're asking the question in the NL like what are you going to do? I know Arizona's at home, but it's like here you go, you you've been punched, <laughs> you've been knocked down to the canvas twice. What are you going to do? How are you going to come back? Whereas it's a Houston team, it's not a matter of how it's we know it was coming. Like regardless of how this plays out, we all know Houston has in them that double digit scoring game. They all have that game that they have that offense where they're going to put a ton of runs on the board. I. I mean, a, a sweep, sure, so it would be amazing, but I, it's not one of those that's like, yeah, 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 totally, we can do that. Like, no, it's this is a very powerful team, and it's a reason they've been there so many times. They get it done, and they know how to get it done. Yeah. They've also been down 0-2 and come back. Now, the last time they lost the first two at home. Oh, that's true. The last time they lost the first two at home was the 2019 World Series, and that was the weird series where the road team won every game. Uh, I don't think we're going to have that here. You know, Samantha, I, I, I was just looking kind of you know, down the road, like moving these chess pieces around. Obviously, if, if the Astros finish off this winning game three, they're not going to bring Verlander back on shores for game four. He'll pitch game five, uh, which lines up probably better for the Rangers because the Rangers are, at this point, I 
really don't know who's going to start game four. That, that hasn't been announced. It could be Heaney, who's done well. But he's not matched up against Verlander. He's matched up against, I guess, Uquiti. Right? So the point is, I, I think the important thing for, for the Rangers here is you got to get one win that's not Montgomery and Evaldi on the mound. Right? Now, technically speaking, of course, as, as long as Montgomery and Evaldi both win their starts in the AOCS, that's the four wins you need, and you go on to the World Series. But it takes the pressure off both of them. If you get that other W out outside of them, outside of those two, you get that W. Right? Because then you, then you only need to win one between Montgomery and Navaldi. So that, that, for me, that's the secret sauce for the Rangers. That's what they've got to get done. Game four now becomes the linchpin. Because, obviously, if, if there's a comeback here and, and the Rangers take game three, then game four is, could be the deciding game. But if the Rangers can come back and get that one after a loss in game three, well, then it's 3-1. Three, it's three, you got Evaldi and Montgomery going the next couple of days. Yeah, no, I, I'm, okay, so I was going to ask you this question. So, and I think you just answered it for me because I was like, okay, so what do you do, right? Because you don't, you, you don't want to get into a situation where you were up 2-0 and now you're tied 2-2. So starting Max was a risk. Um, yeah. It wasn't a good risk um, in Bochy's defense. I'm not sure he could have known that. So, right. okay, it happened. Uh, maybe you come back in this one. Hopefully you come back in this one. If you don't, you're fine if you come back and win that third one. You know, like you you go up three right. one, and yeah. like you said, then you're you're back to you got two shots at it. You got Montgomery, you got Avali, you got two cracks at it. You're probably going to get one of them. But if you you land yourself in a spot where you're two and two, that's where I think you're really in trouble because then all of a sudden, well, then you have to win both of those. And you know, I don't know what Houston would do with their rotation if they would shuffle up a bit at that point. You do have a travel day in there to play with, so that's something to consider. So okay, how much do you trust Heaney? Like, you trust, I mean, to me, Heaney versus Katie, if that's what the matchup ends up being, is kind of a crapshoot. So mm-hmm. maybe you come out on the right end of that one. Then, you know, if if you end up dropping game three, then you're up 3-1 after four. You're in good shape because you have two pitchers who've been outstanding and you only need one win. If you don't do that, and you're in a tie series, then I think you have a different problem. Like, yeah, you're still going to get those two cracks at it, but, you know, you're potentially seeing a momentum shift where you have to get both of them because, I mean, oh, my gosh, what are you going to do if it goes seven? You're not sending Max out there again. Not after what we've seen. Do you want to see Andrew Heaney pitch game seven? That That is a terrifying, I'm sorry, Andrew Heaney, but, like, that sounds, that is terrifying. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the, the only caveat I would put on that is especially in Arlington, Heaney has been good against Houston. He, they, the, he, the one but that side. wouldn't, okay, that helps you in the first one, but that, that doesn't help you if, you if you end up losing three to two and you end up pitching right. game seven. In Which, Houston. I mean, one could argue, right? One could argue that, that not really being in game three helps the Rangers for game four. Because now you're going to, you're going, one, you're going to get guys that haven't pitched in a week and a half in here. Because the Rangers, the, the way these postseason games have gone, you know, they've, they've had, to, they, they've used this, essentially the same seven pitchers this whole time. So you've got guys. Oh, well, like we Stroud. saw, yeah, we saw in Philly last night too. Yeah. Uh, the, the bullpen also Rams came out to play and you're right. like, okay, get, get, let's get everybody loose. So exactly. no, that's a valid, that is a valid argument. Yeah. 
I, I agree. I think that's right. valid. And it, mm-hmm. in terms of game four, I mean, Irby, I, I would assume it would be a piggyback of Heaney and Dunning in game four. I would assume that based off of what they've done this postseason so far. And that well, was, and not just the postseason, but the regular season too. Set through September when Texas was <laughs> trying for pitchers, uh, we saw multiple outings there of Heaney Dunning. Uh, boom, boom. So, yes, I think that's exactly what you will see uh, tomorrow's game, regardless of how today plays out. Um, you know, a, 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 it, and that's where you're, you're, you're hopeful now. Now you're getting in situations. I, I, I go back to Samantha. Yeah, you gave me a nice little heart attack. So thank you guys for not uh, coming to me quick. Was yes, when you're saying Andrew Heaney game seven. And, and I hear you, Bo. I know he's been great, but right. my gosh, if you'd have told me that, like, like the, the emotions that I had like three months ago is like, you'll be in game seven of the ALCS. Like, oh, really awesome. Good year. Andrew Heaney will start. What? What, what, hey, what the say, hell goes wrong? Say what, <laughs> like, say what you will. Okay, say what you will about Heaney. I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to defend him for a second. The big games. That the, when he they, shows up. He has shown. I know. The one I know. Win, he got the one win in Seattle. That they clinched on that playoff spot. He was the reason I know. they didn't get swept. He, I, he goes out there, he pitches well in game one of the ALDS when they were really trying to, to just get it back to Montgomery and Evaldi. Like, you got to give him some credit at some point. I, I am, and I, and I trust him to get the job done, but it still scares the living crap out of me. Well, still, I mean, uh, look, look, no one... No one ever ever even considered this being a sweep, right, Samantha? Like, no one ever actually actually thought the Rangers were just going to win all four games. So, and this will be their, if they don't finish, if they don't come back on this, and this is their first playoff loss, it's going to be interesting to see how they react to that. Because they, they haven't had a loss in two weeks. I, yeah, I mean, I would have loved to dearly to see the Rangers sweep this series in particular. But yeah, I mean, I think realistically speaking, no matter what we think about who is going to win this or yeah. who what the situation is right now, I, I think I don't think any of us believe this was going to be a sweep. So yeah, I mean, there's a an interesting. I mean, I personally would prefer that they rallied um, as we're recording on Wednesday night mm-hmm. and won this game and went up three nothing. I would prefer that that would be better for us and, and better for baseball and better for America. But right. um, if they don't. Yeah, I mean, then it puts you in an interesting situation, right? Where, like, you know, a 2-1 lead is not much. So I need to see what the, how the Rangers respond to that. Do they come out like, okay, wow, this is much too close. Like, it's how, I guess it's how much, how willful is it? You know, can they just say, okay, you know, you got your one. Let's just take care of this. Are they able to do that? Um, or is this going to be more complicated than that? But I would love to see them come out and look super aggressive in the game after that, if they do end up going on to lose the game that, that we're seeing while we're recording. Sorry, it's hard to talk about this while it's happening and give, like, both possible outcomes. It really is. So, it really is. I'm sorry, yeah. you guys, it's rough, but, you know, it's, like, it really it's late, you know, for us. We're, we're old, and, and we have, like, you know, like, spouses and children and stuff, so like, I can't tell you at 1 o'clock in the morning like I used to, and neither can these guys. So um, <laughs> we got to roll when we have to roll, so um, it, it's a bit difficult to say, so I'm, we're kind of trying to give it to you both ways, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, again, you know, game four is going to be 
I think it's going to be the big one, Irby. It's going to be game four, regardless of what happens the rest of this game today. Game four is going to be quite massive because there's obviously a big difference between 2-2 and 3-1. Let's start there. But getting that, I'm going to say it again, getting that W outside of Ivaldi and, and Montgomery, I think is the secret sauce to how the Rangers finish off the Astros in the ALCS. They've got to get one win outside of those two. Well, and you guys are absolutely right. Yes, I mean, sure. If you can, if you're going to Montgomery and Uvalde are going to do what they did again, and the offense shows up, awesome, great. That equals four, and that's all you need is four. It doesn't have to be pretty. It just has to equal four. If you can get up three one with those two going, yes, it looks a whole lot better in that situation where, you know, I, I if anything, like you, you've got at minimum got to get one of these at home and be up three two going to Houston and forcing the Astros to win two at home. With that said, to be, be even a little more specific of what you guys are talking about, of how Texas responds and everything, I would love to see what, what and, and this is just, this is why you go out and you get managers like Bochy, and, and I would put Dusty Baker in there as well, as these these long-time mainstay guys that just, I mean, Bochy as well, like the, the, it's not a lack of emotion, it's just a consistency of emotion, okay? You saw game two where Houston, Texas came out, slugging, gets four, you get one back and they immediately take it back and it's 5-1. And we were just sitting there 5-1. And what did the Astros do? They pecked away. Sure, it was solo home runs, and that's not the ideal way to come back. And it ends up, because it was just solos, you end up losing. But they pecked away and they made it interesting. You got yourself feeling good. As, you know, like you said, the difficulty of what we're doing and everything, it's 5 nothing, Houston. So what is Texas going to do? Forget game four right now. What are you going to do the rest of this game? And we don't know. We'll find out as it plays out. But You've got to respond now. You've got to start building that confidence for game four right now. Yeah. Respond of like, because you're sitting in a situation right now where they have, they're running the table on you lately since you were up 5-1. You haven't done much. You know, since that first inning of game two in Houston, you haven't really done anything. So it is little by little. It's picking away. It's putting the ball in play. It's stop hitting fly balls trying to hit home runs. It's doing what you did to get yourself here. This team scored more double-digit runs than anybody. This team had more crooked innings than anybody. Okay? It what? It's sweet. Sounds amazing. It wasn't going to happen. No. Okay? Like, it wasn't going to happen. Sure, sounds great. You can do it. It's awesome, but it wasn't going to happen. So what do you do? And that's where a Bochi makes a huge deal because if game three doesn't go the way they want it, you know what Bochi's going to do tonight? The same thing he did last night. You know what Bochi's going to do tomorrow morning, get ready for the game? Same thing he did this morning. That's why you get managers like that. And he's not the only one. There, There is a handful of great, great managers out there through the history, but, but definitely even today, where that's what you do. It's that mainstay of, yep, yesterday wasn't our day. Let's go get it today. Yep. That's it. Smith, anything you want to add here to, uh, to the ALCS before we call it a week? No, no, I don't think so. Go Rangers. Can I'll be that guy. I'll be that guy. <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's any question where Irby and I stand on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're not, we had a Phillies Rangers World Series. We're going to start having some problems. But, you know, um, for now, we're all on the same team. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Irby, how about you? Anything else you want to add? I, yes, we will have problems with that. And I, I believe that this podcast, this friendship, uh, this can survive that. So let's let's just do that. Like let's just do that. Let's do that, that Phillies Rangers 
World Series, and let's just put this friendship to that test. It, it's it'll build it'll make us all stronger. Let's just do that. Yeah, I agree. Love to have that problem, right? I feel like we could yeah. solve that problem amicably. So, like, let's create that problem. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, well put. Well put. Yeah, I like it. That's a, that's a problem. I'm very much in favor of creating. All right. That's going to do it for us, though. Wherever you listen to your podcast, don't forget to give us that like. Give us a subscription. Help us out with that algorithm so we can get some more lollygaggers in here. Until next week, watch some baseball. It's good for you. <laughs>